Man, man, ever since I met you, man, you always treated me like family, man, and I always appreciate that, man. And man, thank you for coming on here and rocking with us, man. No, nah, for sure. Huh? Like when you called, I had to do it. Like I usually don't do stuff like this, but when I said Q and D Miles, I definitely had to come out and support. So man, anytime, brother. You, man. When you first got to the league and you started getting playing time, who was the first person to bust your ass? John Stockton. Yeah, John Stockton. So He was strong as a mother, wasn't he? And he was dirty. Yeah. <laughs> he was dirty. But it was the, like, you know, the first 35 games, you know, I didn't play at all. And so yeah. it was the lockout season. So we had 50 games. And my first game I played was against Utah. And so I had a little success picking him up full court, running around. And then um, he got frustrated. He got mad. And then so I guess they called timeout. Like drew a play up in the backcourt and Carl Malone laid me out with a screen. <laughs> yeah. Drop me. Drop me. Like I'm like stars and brick wall. Yeah, yeah. And so I got you, young fella. And I laid there for like 10 <laughs> seconds, got up. But my first game, like I said, against John Stockton, one of the all-time greats. And you see, you know how big his calves was? Yeah. <laughs> like I when I seen John Stockton, because he was kind of like our welcome to the NBA too, in a sense, because you know we coming off that that Bulls growing up yeah, loving right. the Bulls, sure, yeah. And yeah. the Bulls beating them. So you know we getting in the league, like yeah, we gonna kick their yeah. ass too. <laughs> and soon as we played them, they they just used to kick our ass like every time we played them, like no matter where it was, especially in Utah. Oh was, yeah, <laughs> and then it was a lot of cheating going on in Utah yeah. too, <laughs> but it was hard to win up there. Um, you know, it was hard. Yo, 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 we live on location in a secret private location. I ain't gonna tell him, Black. You feel me? We got, hey, listen, we got one of the best coaches in the NBA. He's a world champion, a world champion know as that. a player two times. And then he now is a coach and a world champion in one of the hardest championships coming down from 3 1. He did that. But we got one of our peers turned coaches doing it big. Yeah. We got T. Lou in the building. Brother, happy Appreciate to be you here. pulling up on us, bro. Yes, sir. Presented by Hennessy. Mexico, Missouri. I, you know, I know how it is. Mexico? Yeah, Mexico. You know, you, <laughs> you, you come from a small town, and how was it for you, like, in high school? Because you went through the American dream, the journey, all the way to get to everything that you got. So how was it when you was in high school and, and who, when did you know that you was, like, nice enough to just do something, but they weren't looking? Yeah, well, it was, it was different because I thought it was nice, but, you know, coming from a small town, <laughs> yeah. you playing against two A schools, like, so you really don't know, like, how good you, you are or how good you can be. So my sophomore year, I ended up moving to Kansas City, you yeah. know, with my uncle and playing against, you know, better players, more talent. It was different. Like, where I'm from in Mexico, we're playing against 6'3 centers. Yeah. You know, so when I got to Kansas City, like Derek Hood, you know, he's 6'8", 6'9", and yeah. playing against all the different players. And so it was a lot different, but I needed that to get to that next level. Like, because in Mexico, we didn't have schools coming to check out. You know, D1 schools wasn't coming to check us out. And, yeah. you know, seeing a little kid from Mexico, Missouri, I was 5'9 at the time. They wasn't checking that out. So... Um, my stage was in Kansas City where I had a chance to play against some good players. They would come and watch them play, but then I get a chance to, you, you know, kind of steal the show a little bit and they would see me. So it all worked out. But Mexico's, you know, born and raised and that's that's what's instilled in me every single day. How was your recruiting process? Like, Well, when I was a freshman in Mexico, nothing. Like, yeah. never even heard of, you know. Yeah. I went to Kansas City, um, played my sophomore year, and then that my going into my junior year, I had um, played AAU with the um, Kansas City Blue. And that uh, was Derek Hood, Manny Dyes, and a lot of different players. So 
when I got on that scene, um, that's when I kind of got a name for myself. And um, a lot of schools, yeah, start traveling. We played in LA, we played in Vegas, yeah. and things kind of turned around for me at that point. How was it for you as far as like, cause we come from that era where we had to go read the rankings and you get oh, to the yeah. camps and you literally like, cause we like, I can remember going to the first camp, you seeing like, yo, this like a, a whatever, Bob Hud, Bob, uh, who was, I can't remember Cremins. none Bobby, yeah, Georgia like, Tech, cause that was my dream school. I wanted yeah. to go there bad, but they had, you know, Steph Marbury went there and then they had, you know, Travis Best. I used to love him. Yeah, I love Kenny Anderson. He was, you know? They was like the school for yeah, point guards. Yeah, yeah. Sure. You was like yeah. a dope point guard. You wanted to go and be part of that tradition. So how was that for you to see yourself coming from Mexico? You get to Kansas City and you starting to see, like you playing A, you starting to see rankings and stuff like that. How was that from coming where you came from? Man, it was great. I remember we played in LA. You know, Derek Hood was like top five, top six right. players in the country. So. Playing with him, you know, the first game I saw, Bobby Crimmins came to the game. And I was like, oh, like, you know, like it's my dream school. He didn't even take one look at me. You know? <laughs> they had Steph coming, you know, but of course, so, but it was just, it was great to see. You know, for me, it was different because there wasn't no phones, it wasn't no pictures. So, like, yeah. even like D Miles or Chauncey Billups, like, I knew D Miles was growing up because he's from St. Louis, well, yeah. East St. Louis, but like Chauncey Billups, I didn't know. Like, you just hear about him, you yeah. read about him. Yeah. I'm like, man, which one's Chauncey? Like, oh, the dude with the, with the red shoes on with the partner's head. But, oh, okay. Because yeah. you don't know what they look like. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You just know that you hear the name, but you don't know what they look like. And so it, it's all changed now. It's all different. About choosing college, it could have been anybody else. Or did you have a little, few more selections than yeah. what you chose? Um, so when I first, my senior year, so I didn't take the ACT test until late. And yeah. So, the first time I took it, I didn't pass it. So I had like Arkansas, Missouri, uh, Kansas, you know, all the Midwest schools. So yeah. they all recruit me in Memphis State when Lorenzo Wright was there. Yeah. You know, God rest his soul. So they all recruit me. So the first time I took the test, I didn't pass it. And so all those teams stopped calling. They didn't like uh -huh. didn't hear from them no more at all. And so Nebraska's like, we take you as a Prop 48 if you don't pass it. I'm like, I'm gonna pass a test. Like just whatever. So just chill out. Let's, yeah, let's, chill out. <laughs> first, to be honest, I fell asleep on the first test. Like, yeah. we, we had a long, we had a, um, a tournament in high school, got back to the um, school That's at one o'clock in the morning. morning. Yeah, <laughs> eight o'clock test in, in the city. So I was yeah. whatever. So I didn't pass it. And then they all stopped recruiting me. And then Nebraska, like we take us a prop 48. So I passed it. Then all the schools come back. Oh, we knew. Like, no, nah, I'm cool. So I just you stay loyal. Yeah. First of all, let me just say this about the. I never took the SAT. You know us in the Midwest. We take ACT. So I took the ACT. Yeah, yeah. me too. I today. So, so just shout out to my high school coach George Stan. Right, he knew that we were going. Like when we were young, as sophomores, he made me, uh, D Gates. CDL, he made us all take the ACT, right? Mm -hmm. Like, look, y'all got, cause he was like under the guise, like, you know, some people don't take the test well cause they not used to it. They right. never did it, they know, they, you know, all of this different stuff. So he had us just take it as sophomore. Just what you said, you said you went to sleep. Bro, I got in there, <laughs> I looked at it and I was like, <laughs> man, I just started, went got going ham, whatever yeah. I felt. 18 as a sophomore, <laughs> you hear me? Never took it That's again. Crazy. I'll never forget that. Like, boy, like, I got, I got an 18. Q, I went to sleep. Now <laughs> I heard the guy say 15 minutes left. I woke up like, what? I'm just feeling that. <laughs> you so, in that room, and you know as a student, it's like that. It just, whenever you in that class, I was that kid in class, I'm like, yeah, like, like yeah. the whole class, I'm like, nah, I wasn't doing that. Yeah, take eyes in the lunchroom. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. So he like, I got like a 14 or whatever. So all the teams we play, we go to the gyms in high school, they holding up T. Lou, 14 on the ACT. Word. Oh, it was crazy. It was crazy. So yeah, it was it was a long journey. But like I said, Nebraska, they stuck by me. So I just stuck by them. Going to Nebraska, like that's not a like a 
a big time TV school. Like everybody don't see them games like really all the football time. School football league, school, right? yeah. 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 They won two national championships. Yeah, that was when back was when they was doing it. Yeah, yeah. Tommy Frazier, then Lawrence Phillips, Tommy Frazier. They was, <laughs> yeah. they was nice. But uh, you know, a lot of teams that that be in the NIT, they pose to kind of be in the tournament. But the NIT is big, and if you win the NIT, like that is a successful season. Take us back to the NIT year where it's like now, I right, y'all on TV every day. Every game y'all finna play all the way through this. How was that for you and your team in that season? Really, D-Miles, we, we underachieved that year. Like we had three, we had four pros. Mm -hmm. We had myself, Mikey Moore, Jerron mm -hmm. Boone, Eric Shout Strickland. Out Mikey Moore. Yeah, Eric Strickland. Like we had, yeah, we had a real team. Yeah. yeah. So like we underachieved. And so it was my freshman year. It's a crazy year because um I think halfway into the season, like our group, our older group, they boycotted the coach. And so they was like, we're not going to practice. They fired Coach Knee. And so I was starting as a freshman. And so I was like, I'm going to practice. Like, so three days, they didn't come to practice. I'm the only one going to practice, me and Bernard Garner. Mm. And so the AD, no, really, they're like, why are you going to practice? Man, this man gave me a chance to start, gave me a scholarship. I ain't messing that up. Yeah. I come from nothing, you know from what I'm saying? Nothing. I ain't messing that up, you know, so. Yeah. They didn't come in for three days, so the athletic director stepped in and was like, listen, if y'all don't come back, T. Lou, um, Bernard Garner, and the football team gonna finish the season, y'all gonna lose y'all scholarships. So that's when they came back that same year. We went on a heck of a win streak, um, and then we ended up going to the NIT and winning the NIT championship. That's crazy. But like, we underachieved, like, to me. But it was, a, it was a hell of a run, like, getting to the... Playing the Madison Square Garden, we played against Tulane. I think it was a Gerald Honeycutt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Honeycutt, yeah. he was yeah. a buck. We played against them. We played against St. Joseph. So it was a hell of experience for me. But like, it was it was a long journey that year. When you got to college, did you like, man? I, I really want to see if I'm I'm good enough to play at this level. Like, when was that confidence? Like that confidence game. Like, oh yeah, I can kind of. Kind of first rock. game, first game of my, of my career. Uh, we played over in Hawaii in um, the Big Island Invitational in uh, Hilo, mm. and um, I had thirty points and, and nine assists. And we Ooh, played against played against Oregon. Uh, little Kenya Wilkins. Yeah, and he had thirty points and ten assists. He was He was killing me. But like I was like, oh, this is easy. Like so, the next game we played against Minnesota. I think Quincy Lewis and them. I had yeah, like twenty three, yeah. whatever. And so I had a hell of a tournament. So we get back to Nebraska. You know, Coach Nee had uh, put like a little note in my desk, like, man, you had a great tournament, but uh, we don't need you to score as much. And, you know, we just need you to get the older guys involved because we had like a lot of seniors. And so he's like, you know, your time's gonna come, like wait your turn. And then I went from like up here to like down here, but like yeah. I had to pay my dues, I understood yeah. that. And we had Jerron and Strick and them, so yeah. it was cool. But my first my first game, I was like, oh yeah, this is easy. <laughs> mm, straight out the gate. How was your draft process when, um? Like the workouts. How many workouts you 17. had? Seventeen. Seventeen. <laughs> we went top three like you do, Miles. Yeah, yeah. See, we got it out the mud. Right here. He don't know how he over here eating steak dinners, yeah, talking 17. to the people. He over here chilling. I'm, man, I'm flying in and man, out. They want me to come back. Oh, oh man, that was the worst. Seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah, you tired. You did like two of them in a day sometimes? No, I never did two in a day, but it was back to back. Workout, playing, next day workout, playing. Play. It was crazy. You know, it was a long Leading process. Leading all the way up to the draft. All the way up to and, the draft. And how, just talk about how difficult that is. Like you now, you know, you a coach and you sit, so you see guys come in, but right. like you can you can see things from, you know, you can, like every day can't be somebody's best day when right. they got. Yeah. Like that's not <laughs> but even But we realistic. had to. Like if we want to make it, we had to. Try. Like, yeah. it's, it's different now. Like 
And then back then, you you playing one on one full court. You doing conditioning drills. I used <laughs> like to it's hate so locks now. I, these guys come. I to used to be one shooting jumpers now. Yeah. That, that used to kill me. Like. Who plays one on one full court? Like right. they used to, be, and then these ain't no small court. These NBA length courts, and yeah. then you like, man, you want me to run up and down? I'll never forget. And it. then they want you to play up. Yeah, you want pick me? You don't want court. me to get back? Nah, you want yeah. me to pick up full court one on one? We played two on two full court in New York with, uh, and Al Harrington was on my team, and we played because we came out of the same draft. Yeah. And man, Jeff Van Gundy, we picking up, we playing full court two on two for the whole workout. We dead. <laughs> like man, you picking up full court, like it was crazy, like. But now they come in. Uh, he don't, you know, he can't work out today. He just want to get shots up. Can't play one on one. So it's different. It's different now. When you found out that you was finna go to the Lakers Ugh. of all teams, like what was your thought process like for your family? Like how you see right. your your family looking? Like man, because you know that's, first round. That's, yeah. This is the most famous team, most famous franchise in this thing yeah. we do. So like, was, how was that? It was crazy because. Like back in Mexico, they had a draft party, but I didn't want to go in case you don't get drafted. You never know. You know, you know what I'm saying? In case you don't get drafted, you don't want to be embarrassed. So I was in New York with my agent at the time, Andy Miller. And so I think it was, man, I'll never forget. I know, I know one through 30 in my right. draft, but like I remember 12, 13, and 15, Orlando, they had three picks. So they oh, took yeah. Mike Doliak, they took Keon Clark, yeah. and then they said it was gonna take me at 15. And so they ended up taking um Matt Harpering. Right. And so I'm like, damn. Somebody said, don't worry, don't worry, whatever. So I kept going, 17, 18, 19. I'm like, man. So I'm sitting in the living room. So then 23rd pick, you know, Denver Nuggets select Teron Lou. So I go crazy, right? Like, okay, whatever. And then five minutes later, he came across that he's just been traded to the Late, Los Late. Angeles Lakers. Man, I did a backflip on the couch. <laughs> like, I'm running around. He's like, man, you got to relax now. It changed your whole career. Now it's a story franchise. You got... So I got scared. Like, I went from up here to, like, being scared. Like, damn, you know, blew my whole job night. You know what I'm saying? But, like, to go to the Lakers, man, like, Kobe, Shaq, you know, like, the tradition. I mean, it was it was unbelievable, man. What was that like when you first, like, first practice? Like, getting in there and you you got Kobe you and Shaq. Them and jerseys, you like, and you, you, you see the trophies, banners, the trophies, like, man. the whole facility is yellow man, I was and gold. Awe. I ain't lying. Like, it was, like, <laughs> starstruck. You're from Mexico, Missouri? Yeah. Playing for the Lakers, bro? Like, like nah, like, this can't be real. Like, you know, Kobe, Shaq, Eddie Jones, Rick yeah. Fox. Like, people you grew up just watching, like, you know, all the time. And now I'm playing for these guys. It was different. You know, you come from a town, you know, 11,000 people to LA. Right. Like, it was just, it was night and What day. was that like when you first got, had you ever been to LA before that? Just uh, AAU, we played there uh, my junior so year. So you not, nah, you ain't been, yeah. you was a kid. Yeah, because so. my first year to be on the plane was my like my junior year. Like, that's the first time I ever be on the airplane. So yeah. like, it was it was crazy, it was wild. And the same thing, come from East St. Louis going to the Clippers, yeah. like, oh, that's yeah. LA, come on, man. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's crazy. You touch down, see them palm, palm trees. trees. Yeah, but you come from a big city though. You, you know, you come from Chicago. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was, it was, it was, listen, you know, size is, yeah, it's love. Right. But it's, it's com totally different from the look. Like I say, when you first touch down and you start looking around the scene, you like, yo. Yeah, my grandma, she like, man, I don't like, she came out for Christmas. I flew my family out for Christmas. She was like, what? They weren't shorts, no snow? Like, no, nah, yeah. I don't like this shit. Yeah. <laughs> so she was like, off. Being there and seeing them growth years, before y'all won the championship, the Kobe missing one of the final shots in Utah and with the air balls and, you know, him and Shaq going up and down to see the growth all the way up to the championship. How was that journey for the team and you being on the team and seeing these guys and they they going through, how was that? It was something I've never seen before. Cause you know, they say coming out of high school, college, you know, you usually be, used to being a man. So yeah. like, 
seeing like Kobe and Shaq. And then the biggest thing for us to happen to us, Phil Jackson. Like yeah. he turned everything around because um, Dale Harris did a hell of a job, you know, but you you bring a guy like Phil Jackson in who's, who's coached Michael Jordan, who's Respect won six it. years, respects right there, right away. And the biggest thing he did was he held our two best players accountable every single day. Like me, D Fish, you know, Ron Harper, B Shaw, we mess up. Like, okay, Shaq and Kobe, he was on them hard, like every day. And so, you know, when, he, when we saw that, it was easy for us to fall in line because, mm-hmm. like, he's killing Kobe every day. He's killing Shaq. We watching film. Kobe, you got to pass the ball. Like, you know, Shaq, you got to get back. You got to be a... So, like, every day he was on them, them two the hardest. And so yeah. that changed everything for us. I just remember just when we got to the league, like, they didn't win. Y'all didn't win the championship the year before we got there. But when we got to the league and we played y'all, y'all felt like the champions. Like how dominant Shaq was, how good Kobe was, and just every other piece around him from everybody who even come off the bench, from from you to uh, Devin George to whoever came off the bench, just running that system. Just like, did nobody do nothing out of pocket? Because, you know, it gave us structure. The triangle gave us structure. Like, because... You know, we know Kobe's a killer. Like, he'll come out issue 50 in a row, 50 shots in a row <laughs> if you let him, you know? So, like, the triangle, like, it put us in place, like, in every pass trigger to action, but it gave us structure, you know what I'm saying? So we couldn't just play, play freelance and play wild. Like, and so that really helped us out. And, like, Kobe was able to, like, he mastered it. Like, yeah. he knew exactly where spots where he was going to get his shots from. Okay, if he calls this uh, reverse action, he's going to go over here because he's coming off with a shot. So he just he just mastered the triangle. What was it like for you? Because you was there, like like he was saying, like basically in the beginning, a couple years after he had got there, but like still in the beginning before he became, you know, Kobe. Like, so what was it like for you to be there seeing his work ethic and seeing how he was going about it? What was it like being around that young Kobe that was still chasing it, that was hungry as ever to get it? I mean, it was different because he was, you know, 19, 20 years old, but he was like, professional like he was a right. pro like it wasn't he was like he was 30 you know just the way he carried himself the way he worked and a funny story was you know about his work ethic we played one-on-one full court every day because you remember the year my second year he broke his hand right um, he broke his right. hand with so hand they would go on trips all the time and like we would stay back and play with the trainers we'd be playing one-on-one full court and every day my cousin dude was like, man, why, why you can't beat him? Like, he beat me every day. I'm like, man, I don't know. Like, I was a good one-on-one. I wasn't, like, great in the league, but I was a great one-on-one right, player. Right, like, yeah. I was like, man, I don't know why I can't beat this dude. And then, like, he's like, man, I don't either. So then, like, a year a year or two went by, and Kobe became Kobe. He's like, oh, I see why you couldn't beat him. Like, I see why, I see why you couldn't beat him. But, like, every, like, be like, I could never beat him. Like, every single day, and I didn't know why. But then two years later, you knew why, because then he became Kobe. Hey, I gotta, we gotta give a shout out to him and D. George, though, because we say this all the time. Like, during that time where the Lakers was the Lakers and they was doing, like, in the city, we we felt like we had the city. Right. And we felt like, because we was, we was present. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, People y'all was, yeah. like, y'all was <laughs> like, the Hollywood Superdog. Right. We gotta give a shout out to you and D. George, because they were, y'all was the only two that was seen. like us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only two who we might bump into. See the spot of the like club, the dinner, whatever, like, right, like anywhere. Because I, I, I remember like we had Kizzy. a club on the show. I said, yo, bro, I say, how did you achieve it? I say, we played in the same city for four years. I never saw you anywhere but the gym. Yeah. <laughs> Ever. Like, and it was like that spoke to, you know, and he told us then, he was like, I didn't want y'all to see. Yeah. I don't want, he, nah. was like, he was like, I didn't want you to know if I was out eating or kicking. He was yeah. like, y'all, <laughs> like, nah. <laughs> no, nah, he wasn't doing none of that. He, was, he wanted to be the best. Like, that's all was on his mind, like, every single day. That's it. Being around like Kobe and, and just watching his journey from young and, and seeing how he was so obsessed with the game, 
did it make it easier to relate to LeBron when you got the chance to like coach him? Yeah, it did. I mean, just seeing Kobe first, and then I left there and went to Washington to play with Jordan when he was 40, you know? Mm -hmm. So just seeing those two and the way they worked and how they grinded, and then like I said, getting LeBron, like those three guys are, they all the same. Like wanna win, whatever it takes to win, but their work ethic. You come to the gym, you know, you come in two hours early, and they already finished Sweated. the workout. They, they sweat. Sweating. They're done. Yeah. Like, Damn, I'm here two hours early. And Kobe's finished. Jordan's yeah. finished. You know, so that teaches you a lot. And like how, what I need to do to be better and get better. Yeah. You know, if they the best LeBron players in the world. was doing that at 18. Yeah, that's how Kobe That's, what, that's <laughs> why I, I was telling folks, I was like, I was three years in the league and he came in three years, me in the league, and he was way more mature than me. Right, and that's how Kobe You know what was. I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I was coming to the gym, I'm coming at the exact time I posed to be there right. <laughs> for the weight room, and he done been in there with his homeboys, and all of them in there working out. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's why I knew he was different. And that, that's, that's, we had to learn that, though. Like you yeah. said, I came in the league when I was 20, you was 18, so yeah. like, we had to learn how to, he been, He's probably been mentored and taught that since he was yeah. you know, 12, 13 years old, you know, because yeah. he's supposed to be the next one. But we didn't and know that. In our era, it wasn't said. Right, it wasn't. Yeah. This was, a, uh, didn't nobody say it. Like, and then you wasn't going to ask nobody what they do. Right, they didn't want to tell you back yeah, then. Yeah, they, they want, wanted to ask yeah. nobody well, what you, well, nah, what we you had, do to be that cold. You had to have know? a good OG, which- I had a lot yeah, of them. Which yeah. was what happened with us. Like, we got, God bless you. We had Sean Rooks. He okay, was the first Rooks person too. who had Rooks too. Yeah, and he yeah, was he like, you know, you know, he was a lot. real one. He used to. I remember the first time we we <laughs> we did, you know, like we rookies. Gentry say practice optional. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, you won't be there. Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Me and my guy, we right. we out of here. Right. We might go slow up, man. That boy Rooks called. I never forget it. Called us where he was like, he say, "What's good, young fella?" Oh, he say, "You you and D together." I say, "Yeah, we chilling. What's up?" <laughs> He say, uh, where y'all at? I, was, I think we was over your house. We was over your house in the arena. He say, I'm standing on the floor right now, on the practice floor. <laughs> and he was like, y'all need to be here. Like, and like the way we rocked with, with Rooks and respect, right. we took, we got in the truck to right off, went up there. And like, that was the last time we ever did that. Cause right. like he, cause like he would always holler at us on real stuff. Then we had DJ too, Dennis Johnson. Oh, okay. was there. Like when we got there, the, Oh, what y'all motherfuckers doing? Right, yeah. <laughs> no, he took yeah. people us inside. We like, damn, they like, you know, we were young boys. Didn't know. And so yeah. we felt embarrassed about it. We were like, all right, that ain't gonna happen. Yeah, no. like, D right. DJ told us about like, man, they just call your name out in the starting lineup. Long as you play at the end of the game or the second quarter, like yeah. them the them the minutes that right. count. You know right. what I'm saying? And it made us look Cause we we play we always played especially if we feel like we was good enough to right. be starting on yeah. the, on the team it's like nah fuck that right. we both start they post all my name first right <laughs> I walk up then I'm on the jump right. ball but DJ like calmed that down for it but it made us better to come off the bench for the team yeah you know what it I'm was saying? better best for the team not it that was you were the better the team. player we played right. the key minutes we was in in the four quarters right. you know what I'm saying we was in in the games that, that mattered. That. Yeah, I mean, we all had to go through it. I, mean, I want to yeah. talk about this though. Like you, I don't be wanting to disrespect like other centers in the history of the game, but Shaq, like how dominant he was. Like I was telling them, I was like, man, yeah, like I don't think Akeem can hold the Lakers Shaq, like how he did the Orlando Magic Shaq. Nobody I feel like could. he'll file out yeah. to do what he, <laughs> you probably right. to do because it's it's nothing you can do with him. What did you just say again? Nobody could. Yeah, nobody could. I mean, he's the most dominant guy. Like we, I, we didn't see Wilt because yeah. we were too young. But yeah. 
I mean, just far as dominance, like, come on, can't nobody guard Shaq. Like, like you're gonna you gonna be in a bonus in five minutes. Like it's gonna be four fouls, four rap. You're gonna be on a stretcher. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like, can nobody guard him? The things he did, man, like pushing the basket, could handle, could pass, you know, agile, athletic, but like just so powerful and explosive, like. Couldn't nobody guard him. And what year was that like? Oh, what, was what year was that when he got mad? When he just came in and world dominated. It was in like the best shape and everything. Oh, 2000. That was 2000. 2000. That, that was when we first, yes. That, I was say, the Shaq we seen, like, nah. I, that was, he was in shape. He running up and down the court. Yeah. So when you was playing the league, who was like some of your OGs that kind of helped you on different teams along the way that you really just took a lot of advice for and, you know, you, you kept in touch and y'all just got a Real close. You know, it was crazy. The one-stop shop. It was the Lakers. Like, I had mm. Robert Ory, Rick Fox. I had Derek Harper the first year I got into the league. Mm. Ron Harper, wow. Horace Grant, B. Shaw. Oh, like, not like just, you know, just one, all of them. Like, they yeah. just showed me love. And I was like the youngest guy on the team. So, yeah, right. like, I learned a lot. Like, you know, they saying, like, don't get married. Like, save your 20s. Like, because it's going to be young. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like, don't have no outside kids. Like, yeah. save your money. Like, yeah. no bad investments. You know, yeah. so, like... Like, that was real. It was it was big to me. It was huge. And, like, just having B. Shaw and Rick Fox and Rob Ory and Horace, like, they meant a lot to me. You know, Ron Harper, you know, Derek Harper and Shaq, too. But he was just, like, he was just too funny. He was, yeah, he was crazy. Silly. Like, yeah, he'd do anything. B. Shaw, <laughs> one of the real ones, oh, man. Real. Like, when you Shaq hear about him. You? I had, yeah, a lot of, had a lot of that. <laughs> Come on, man. He ain't like, do none of the, the poop over the toilet like they talking about, did he? He did? No, wait, no. He did that to uh, John Celestine and Devin George. Time one, out, one time of, out. Please, please. I I, I need the story? I need the, the real, yes, okay. please, please. <laughs> <laughs> we need the story. God damn, No, so so one day, Devin George, he was supposed to got the donuts or whatever. I don't know, but he didn't do it. And so Shaq said, all right, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. <laughs> so we getting ready for a game. So Devin George, I think, uh, went and worked out on the court, came back, he was getting taped or whatever. Shaq goes in the bathroom, takes his shoe in there, he shits in his shoe. <laughs> takes his shoe, come back, and then he he um, hits it to the top where all it goes to the to the top of the shoe. So Devin George come in, get ready for the game, put his shoe on, man, shoe, I mean his foot uh, slide right. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, he did. Yeah, he did. Uh, yeah. No, he did. And then, oh, yeah. Man. And then John Sellerstam. Shaq went to the bathroom. He used the bathroom in a magazine. And so he, he shut the magazine or whatever, right? <laughs> so he come back and was like, man, that car, man, on page such and such is crazy. Like, man, you see, like, yeah. So he's like, John, you said, no, I want to see it. So he grabbed a magazine, he opened it up, <laughs> opened it up. It's a page full of shit. <laughs> like, oh, he did all that crazy stuff, man. But he ever make, I heard that he used to make people ride with a badge go on the bus. I wasn't part of that. No, uh, I, I think they said they put Mark Madsen up under there and made him ride to the plane under the bus. Oh, he might. I was gone for that. Yeah, I didn't see. <laughs> I didn't see that one. But it don't put it nothing past because damn, shot, he damn, do anything damn, crazy. Bro. How was it to see us? Because you know me. You know me back from the crib to right. see me get drafted to the Clippers and with Q and us being the youngest team ever at right. the time. Man. How how was it us like what what did they used to say because Rob Warren said that like Phil Jackson was like no nah, y'all better not let them Clippers yeah win but because y'all was young and dynamic like it don't matter <laughs> like if you come in there messing around like you know what I'm saying you can get beat and y'all high flying y'all y'all doing it <laughs> every time <laughs> now for y'all had a good team good young team and we're like man listen 
And if we want to run the city, like these young, they coming. These young boys are coming. So we got to step on them while we can. And so like Shaq and Cole, was y'all there when he had like, what, 60? No, he got that was the, the year before. Oh, the year before. Okay, yeah. That was on his birthday. Yeah. It was his birthday. Like, oh. So like, we was like, man, we're going to get him. He want to score 60. So every play down, we throwing it to Shaq. Yeah. He'd throw it out. We throw it right back. And so like, that's just kind of like the fun we had. But like, like I said, we wanted to be great. We wanted to be our city. These young boys, they coming. And so we didn't mess around with y'all at all, at all. <laughs> How was it playing with Mike Jordan? Like, <laughs> like you know, you, Man, you know how yeah, we feel about yeah, Mike. It's like, all right, I, I get drafted to the Lakers, and I'm coming right back around the corner, and I'm with with Mike in <laughs> this whole process what? of going down and and just to see the love everywhere y'all went that Mike brings to the table. You know how the people love Mike. Oh, like, man, how was, was that just them season with Mike and just to see him working to be forty, right? Averaging 20. Average, on one leg. <laughs> on one on leg. On one leg. I know you love it. Look at you. I'm just <laughs> listening, bro. Still, you know, you still know. on his guards. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Man, like, it was it was incredible. Like, just the thing that I learned, I was still young, you know, but like being 40 years old, playing back-to-backs, he played 82 games. Yeah, yeah. 82. And, Didn't but, miss but the crazy part about it, he would never sit out of practice. Like, Doug Collins was like, Mike, you know, man, no. Like, he wanted to play and practice every single day. And you're like, damn, he's 40 years old. Like, it's still every day. First one there, always called a breakfast club. He always getting his lift yeah, in. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah, but like, he wanted to practice every day and play 82 games at 40. Like, when we came in the league, that was a badge of honor. Nah, to play right, 82 yeah. games? That's what, yeah, we like, talked yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, like, that's a badge of honor. And this man do it at 40 years old on one leg. Like, come on, man. Tell my dedication to the game. Like, it don't get no better than that. How was it when you like, all right, like, you know, you... In our age group, a couple years older, but still in our age group. So for you, when you first, you know, you get traded there, that's one thing. But when you first get there and you get to be in the locker room, how, what was that like? The first day you walking in the locker room and, and, and Jilla sitting over there. Yeah. <laughs> you know like he glowing. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's he got that first glowing. conversation when you heard the voice. Like when he said, man, we want to bring you here. Like I was a free agent. So I go to Washington. I'm like, man. Told cousin like man, I just talked to Jordan. Like, <laughs> like, like, I just talked to Jordan. You know, I ain't Mike. seen him. I ain't seen him with nothing. Just talk to him. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. Like, come from Mexico, Missouri, and now you rubbing shoulders with Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Shaq. Like, that's it was unreal. Like, it was unreal. But like, I was in awe again. Like seeing Michael Jordan, someone we all idolize. Everybody did. I don't care what you say. Yeah. Everybody idolized Michael Jordan. You know, and so um, seeing him and Wade took me under his wing and showed me a lot of stuff, yeah. and then. You had my boy L. Hughes came yeah, the second Bud, year. Yeah, yeah, Bud came. And so, man, it was like, man, I was in heaven. How was the Jordan girl? How was that? Did he, did he get the... I think him? I was with Adidas still. I think oh, I was... so you yeah. couldn't touch yeah, I could, it? Yeah. Oh, you couldn't yeah. touch it. <laughs> and I know he rubbed like, that in. I yeah, know everybody. he talked bad oh, about yeah. Tucky. Like, yeah, what's that? You buy cheap, you get cheated. Yeah, yeah, that's his favorite line. You buy cheap, you get cheated. Yeah. So, you know, so... Yeah. I think I was still with Adidas, man, so I didn't get none of that. Bro, you one of the few people like this. Literally, you didn't play with or coach like some of the realest yeah. killers like in the history. <laughs> like think game. about it, bro. Kobe, Shaq, Jordan, T Mac. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Bron, like Bron, like yeah. you KG, know what I'm KG. Yeah. yeah. Then you was you was was nah. He wasn't there in Orlando when you was there. Dwight then wasn't there. Yeah, but, I was with Dwight. I, I mean, I didn't young play. Baby my last year, my last year, the year they went to the finals. I didn't play, but 2009. So you was even yeah. at like that, yeah. like just that's like crazy. Yeah. yeah. 
like I, your basketball knowledge, you're supposed to be in the position that that you're in, and you're supposed to have that success because you done went through it. Thank you, man. I appreciate from, from it. From every step of you done seen the best, you done played with the best, you done played in the best games ever. You know what I'm saying? Some of the best games ever in history. Like, they got to say your name forever. <laughs> Thank you know I appreciate it, for and, sure. And you earned it every bit of the way. That's why I'm always here rooting for you, man. Because, like, man, I, I love the way you do it and carry yourself and how you always been the same person every time we seen you. I appreciate it, brother. I wanted to ask you this, too. You seen them playoff runs and when y'all won them championships, Shaq and Kobe, man, Shaq had, like, 45. Kobe had, like, 40. Then you see, like, when y'all made that comeback, how Kyrie and LeBron, did that remind you of the dominance? Like, how how Shaq and Kobe dominated them playoffs where y'all lost one game that whole playoffs? And, like, how LeBron them in that series, just that series. Yeah, I mean, how they took over. Yeah, just Steph was a bad guy, you know what I'm saying? So he's a bad (laughs) man. So we had double team him every time he touched the ball, and he still averaged 27. (laughs) So we didn't even have 60. But, like, LeBron... You know, where we where we guarded Steph, like Braun and Kyrie were two best players in that series. And we was down 3-1, but we never lost confidence. We like we had to make a couple tweaks here and there, and we knew we could win. But like Braun and Kyrie, 40-40. Mm-hmm. Next night, Braun and Kyrie, 38-36. Like yeah. they just totally dominate the series. Tom, like from game three on, like they just dominated. And it felt a lot like Kobe and Shaq because we just felt like they couldn't like they couldn't guard him. Like, I, th- I haven't seen, like, you You see guys and, like, yeah, it'd be that one guy have a good game and then it'd be the rest of the guys kind of chip in. Yeah. But I haven't seen that much much dominance. Two guys. Like, from two guys that, right. like, man, these boys finna hit 40. That's 80. Right, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> because, you know, with our team in Cleveland, like, like we, we had, like, specialty players. Like, we just yeah. had all shooters. Like, yeah. they couldn't dribble. <laughs> they right, couldn't right. pass. Yeah. But Corver, like, Channing Fry, like Great yeah. teammates. Yeah, JR. Yeah. So, like, if y'all leave them, they're going to knock your head off. But Golden State was number one in the league in defense. So, like, we couldn't score unless we had to just get the matchup, go one-on-one, and then go yeah. And, yeah, yeah, attack how we had attack. Now y'all help, we can be able to get shots. But if they don't help, Brian, y'all got to score 40. <laughs> like, yeah. if, if y'all want to win, we got to get 40. And so they did that. How difficult was it for you to step in at the time you had to step in to take over that job? Like, and then, you know, it's you go from being in the in the coach's room with a guy, then you got to replace him, and then there's that part of it. But then you also got to, you got to, Gain your position as, yeah. and then you gotta, <laughs> but you gotta take the helm and really gain the respect and all of those different things. How was that for you? It was hard. It was tough because, like, you know, first of all, Coach Black, like, he gave him the job, so exactly. it's hard to see someone get fired. And you know, in the middle of the season, you got to take over. And so, when it first happened, I was like, man, I can't do this. And then, you know, I called Doc Rivers, like, Ty, you got to take it. Like, you know, young black coaches, we don't get a chance to get a great team right away. You got to take it. And then I called Jerry West. Oh, he cussed me out so, so bad. Like, you know how he talks. I'm like, man, you know, but it was tough. Like, you come into a situation where, you know, we was number one in the East when he got fired. We was 30 and 11. You know what I'm saying? Like, and to take over, like, midway through, like, you know, you don't have a training camp. I've never been a head coach before. You think you can do it, but you've never done it. So, like, I'm like, man, I don't know. Like, I, and I was nervous. I was scared. Like, to be honest, I was scared. Like, having a team that just went to the finals, we first in the East, and now I got to take over midway through the season. Like, and you can't put your imprint on the team. You can't, no training camp. And you're just doing it on the fly. And I'm learning on the fly. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it was tough. It was crazy. But, like, Bron had my back. He had my support. Kevin Love, Kyrie, they was great. And so it helped me along the way. I learned a lot from that season. It made me, you know, a better coach. But it, it shit was hard. It was hard. How was it? Because I know, like, you, 
them three games that y'all lost. Like, I know you going back in and we in there and you in the locker room. And it's <laughs> like, yeah, man, we just believe what we doing. We gonna stick yeah. to it, <laughs> buy this. But then when you walk in your office and close that door, it's like, yeah, shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, it, was, it was crazy because- Why are we not winning these games? Right, and <laughs> what was crazy was, like I believe we can win, I swear. When we was down 3-1, yeah. I'm like, man, we, we can beat them. Like, yeah. we just had to tweak some stuff defensively because they was killing us on all the splits and all that. And uh, we made that tweak, but it was crazy. So like, you know, David Griffin was the GM. You know, he, he the one that pulled the trigger to hire me. So when we lost games, I would never show film. And they're like, why are we not showing film? Because I didn't want them to see, like, because the first two games, we got beat by, like, 30 and right. 28. Like, I <laughs> don't want them to see that. Like, that's yeah. demoralizing, you know? Yeah. So like, we come in, we shoot half-court shots. We do stuff, like, that was fun. And we finally won that one game. And then I would go back and show, like, from game one and two or whatever, like, what we need to do better and how we got to get better. We got to take away this. You know, we lost game four. I didn't show film. We shot half-court shots. And then game five, six, and seven, then we would show all the film. Every time we won, I would show, like, bad film and bad clips. He's like, well, why are we not showing them when we lose? I'm like, man, they don't need to see that. Like, I don't even want to put it in their mind. Like, all the bad stuff has happened. Like, we just got to make these tweaks, go through it and walk through and shoot around, and then we'd be able to execute it. And like, like I said, them dudes, they, they stuck with it. And um, whenever we lost, I never showed bad stuff. Like, all good stuff, positive stuff. <laughs> yeah. And they got us over the hump. Let me ask you this. When I got to Cleveland, they called Cleveland the mistake over the lake. <laughs> and... Cleveland is like one of my favorite towns. Like, man, some of my favorite people live in Cleveland. How was that parade that y'all had in Cleveland? How the, how the fans showed out, how the whole, it seemed like the whole state was in they downtown had Cleveland. Forever, right? That yeah. was the first, first one. Yeah, yeah. So first like, one. That was like, like a, how, how was the exhale how and was everything. That celebration yeah. right there. Man, there was people hanging out of buildings. They stand like just to be there. Like, and yeah. so, the city wasn't prepared for it. Like, it ain't never happened. So, like, right. they didn't have the guardrails up. Like, people ain't running to the float, grabbing your arms and legs. Like, yeah. it just, it wasn't, they wasn't prepared for yeah. it. And so, but, like, JR, you know, take his shirt off. They, they like, in the, fan, in the stands with the fans. They walk around with the fans. And it was crazy. Like, they were just so happy, though. Like, and that's a city that really needed it. Like, you know, they were behind us the whole way. You know, even, like, when LeBron left the first time, like, they still sold out. Like they, they, they're big-time fans. And so mm -hmm. to do it for the city of Cleveland, it just meant a lot. And they all came out, and it was it was crazy. To see LeBron, like, to win that championship and, and to see how much it meant to him for the home state, like, how was that to just watch his process of, like, winning that and, and how emotional he was from getting that? Because I yeah. felt like that was the one. I don't care how many he won right, that in, was it. in, in yeah, Miami. Like, that one means more than anything. Yeah, it does. And coming back home and doing it, he yeah. told him, he told him, he said, I'm, we're going we're gonna to get one before mm -hmm. I'm done. And so to come back, like I said, winning two in Miami and then coming to Cleveland and taking a young team, like Kyrie never been to the playoffs, Kevin yeah. Love never been to the playoffs, and taking that young team and, and, and getting the championship. And where you from? Like, that was huge. And it and meant it, a lot to him. Like, they hadn't got one in forever. Yeah, yeah, never had one. And just coming back to an organization where, you win the first championship, LeBron James. It's where you from, you know. Taking a young team like that's it was incredible, man. I want to know how was it when you got when you got to Orlando? Since we talking about Mac, like getting there and seeing like you know he didn't he didn't left Toronto and now right. he became T Mac. Like yeah. what like because. You know what I'm saying? You just play, you play with, with Kobe, then right. you play with MJ. Now you get here and you see this different type of right. animal. Like, what was that like after being with those two guys and then walking in? Yet another 
two slash three, whatever you want to call yeah. it, like Dynamo, just just cold. Like how was that? This dude was he 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 was the same talent. Like he had the same talent. Like far you could post him, right shoulder, left shoulder, shoot three, go either pull way, up, pull up off the t- dribble, jump over you, whatever, jump over you, pass, <laughs> I ain't going you, pass, yeah. yeah. And man, he just scored so easy, like so, like Definitely. no effort, yeah. And so. <laughs> A crazy story about T-Mac, we played against the Wizards, and um, Jared Jeffries was guarding or whatever. So I'm a starting point guard in Orlando. This man has 62 points, right? I'm a starting Damn, point guard. Damn, Jared. And I had two assists. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I tell you, man, he catch that That was a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. many hand dribbles. Oh, oh man. my God. A lot of ice. Come on. Starting point guard, he got 62. I got two assists for the whole game. <laughs> like, I tell you, like. So that's crazy. Yeah. You going through one. Man, come on, man. Like, How, Was you surprised that he, he didn't make the 75? Yeah, I was. I was. And I think they try to go off winning championships or whatever, but. That's not what it's about. Like uh, you carry the franchise, and, and you a top, yeah, yeah. you a top player. I don't care like what you want. too. Yeah, you a when top I, player. When I got to the league, the best player in my position was Tracy McGrady. Right. We ran to him. It was thirty every Easy. time you seen him. Come on, two time scoring champ, like, yes. like perennial all star. Like I mean, I know he had the back issues or whatever, but like he was man. So, but the thing that he don't get credit for. I mean, he's a hell of a passer. Yeah. Like, uh, like he can make all the play. Okay, yeah, yeah, he was like the point guard. A 6'9 point guard without being called a point guard. You know what I'm saying? But he don't get enough credit, man. When did you have the thought like, man, yeah, I'm going to do the coaching thing. I'm going to... Never. I'm going <laughs> to be a coach. Crazy. In 2003, <laughs> I played for Doc in Orlando. And that's the year he got fired. And I was having my best year ever. So I was like, man... He was like, you know, when you get done playing, you know, you can come coach with me. I'm like, what? I ain't coaching. Like, I ain't, they ain't never gonna do that. Yeah. So 2009, I was done playing. I'm like, what else I'm gonna do? Like, I don't know nothing but basketball. So, right. you know, I called Doc and he's like, okay, I'll call you back tomorrow. I'll let you know. I was like, oh, yeah, right. Like, you know right. what that means? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he called back the next day, had a job for me, like him and Danny Ainge. And so the first year, he's like, just enjoy it. Like, I'm not gonna put you through any, like, you know, no scouts, none of that. Just enjoy it. Get the player out of you. See if you wanna do it. And like, I started liking it. Like, you know, I had, so my assignments was Rondo yeah. and KG, you know, two of the crazy. Yeah. So, like, he put me on them. Like, anytime it was a problem, I had KG and Rondo, you know, being to tell them the truth and hold them accountable, like, you know, just being real, you know. And so that helped me to where I'm Damn, at today. Man, you play with KG. We I, left his name out yeah. of yeah. KG I, in that group. When <laughs> I got to Boston and I was there for like the training camp and stuff like that, I called my homeboy back at the crib and I was like, man. This boy raised John Rondo. Yeah. Like, he really, that nice. deal, this was after the championship. Right. But when I seen how he was so much in control of the game, right. he was so much in control of Paul, Ray, and KG. He controlled the floor, like how he made everybody do what he do, just to see his his mindset. I called my homeboy, I was like, nah, bro. He wanted the top five in the nah, league. No, for sure. Like, and, and, think, and he was like, no, nah, bro, no. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> but like, he was a real point guard. Like, yeah. they're looking at guys that's going to score 30. And have, but like, Rondo controlled the whole game. Yeah. Knew when to get a guy shot. Knew how to get a guy shot. But like, he just controlled everything. And it made, like, being with Bron and being with Rondo, like, those are two of the, like, far as knowing the game. You can go through a shoot around and we come in tonight, he know all everything. eight plays, what they gonna do, what they looking for, calling out everything. Like yeah. oh, nah, I didn't experience I didn't see yeah. him do that. He yeah. yeah. No, nah, yeah. he's real. Like him and Bron, like calling they, shit out. Yeah, like <laughs> two of the most far as like 
cerebral, like as far as knowing the game and what guys are going to do, what they're doing, what they're looking for. Like those two are probably two of the smartest I've been around. Do you think like with Rondo, because I feel like after he lost, left Boston, like he's a he's a great player that you can really have on your team. Do you think like he's so headstrong that organizations fear him in a sense? I wouldn't say fear him, like, but he is headstrong. And yeah. like sometimes you, you can be too smart for your yeah, own good, you know, good. and he, he knows everything. Like I'm like, but Rondo, like, just cause you know it's the right thing. If all the other four guys don't know, know. like okay. we ain't gonna be on the same page, you know. But <laughs> I mean, he's smart as hell though, like giving you ideas and just the run we had last year. He was on the team last year, yeah. just to run and you know, picking my brain with Tila, you see, like, like he yeah. helped me out a lot of too. So like so like he's smart, he's smart as hell. He knows the game. He's gonna be a great coach too. Like right. he want he wants it. So um it's gonna be there for him. You was a Laker. But when I got to LA, you used to look after me like I was part of the Lakers. And <laughs> now, come on, 20 years all the way around. <laughs> Sound old, saying <laughs> 20 right, years all the way around. You are old. <laughs> you, 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 you coach and I beloved Clippers. And um, hey. and right now in the situation you is, you don't have your best two players, but you got your guys playing some of the best basketball in the league today. Like. How was that like this season with the guys knowing that you don't have your guys in and just to, to keep them motivated and just to see how good they're playing and just thinking like, man, when them guys come back, like yeah. they're going to be so ex more experienced. It was, I mean, it was tough early on because we didn't know how we wanted to play. Like when yeah. you build your whole system around two players, you know, Kawhi and PG, like, and they, they're gone. So now you got to change your whole system. Like, yeah. you know, so like, the stuff you was running for them, like you gotta scrap that because yeah. you can't run it for nobody else on the team. So like doing that, doing things defensively, but like all the credit goes to the players. Like, you know, you can easily give in. Like, you know, when your two best players are out for so long, like you miss three games, yeah. you be like, you know what, oh, well, you know, they'd be back in three games. Right. Like when they sitting there for 50 games, 60 games, and yeah. they ain't coming back, it's easy to give in, but they won't do that. Like yeah. every single night, they oh, scrap. Every night. Yeah, every night, you yeah. know, and our coaching staff does a great job. Like just the development part of the young guys, you know, T-Man's come a long way, Luke Kennard, Amir yeah, Coffee, yeah. and like Marcus Morris and Reggie, like yeah. the veteran guys, they're yeah. like holding it down, Nick Batum. But Batum, remember Boston. like, man, it's, it's their mindset. Like yeah. no matter who's on the floor, we think we got a chance to win. And so putting guys in places and they understand, like they bought in, it's like whoever's playing well, they're gonna play tonight. And then we'll get ready too. tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, for the next, you know, for the next day, if you didn't play. So they bought into it. Let's speak of this. Like when we got there, you seen how the organization was. We were working out at Southwest College <laughs> and how this organization is now. Like Denise, one of our favorite people oh, ever. Like Denise, awesome. Denise was there when we, hey, we were babies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but just to see how this organization now is and how committed they is to the city, how committed they is to winning. You know what I'm saying? Being in a town that's so dominant with the Lakers right. history, how it is to just see how this organization has turned around and just doing th stuff the right way and, and becoming one of these organizations that's going to be contending every year. First of all, it started with, with Doc. I think when they got Doc mm -hmm. and, and um, bringing him in, and just the way he changed the whole organization, come from Boston where mm -hmm. Danny Ainge and, and that organization, they did it the right way. Yeah, and they so, showed him something. Yeah, and so when Doc got there, he automatically, you know, I came with him. He changed, we changed this, change. like we changed everything to make it a class A organization. And so um, the first the first uh, key to that was Doc. Like he changed a lot of it and got everything going the right direction. And then the biggest thing is Mr. Bomber. Like when he got there, just... I mean, it's like family. It's not like, you yeah. know, I'm the owner and you guys are like, uh, it's like family. And so to see everything he's done for the organization, anything you ask for, he's going to get it done. 
um, you know, how high we over the cap right now. Just but whatever you wanted to do to make it a class A organization, like Mr. Bomber do it. Like it's about family, it's about teams, about the organization, and it's about the city. Like building a new arena, you know, yeah. in Inglewood, putting I think three hundred million dollars into the Inglewood community. Like just all the stuff that he does, just to, you know, to make sure everyone's better. Like it's it's unbelievable. Uh, the first thing you saying about Doc, I can remember. Like, literally, because, you know, I was still in the league, working in the league when Doc got there. And I can remember coming there for the first time forever, period, since we had, the Clippers had been in the Staples. And they covered up uh, the, the Lakers. The Lakers. Yeah. They co- I was like, whoa. I right. said, yo, you pulled up and they had the little drop down <laughs> banners like the yeah. Clippers, the pictures of y'all, like, outside the Staples before yeah. you pulled down Even the Even up they And door. then when yeah. you get in yeah. there, like, wait. I don't see the, the jersey just gonna like wait. I was like, I can never like I, I was like, okay, like, okay, like right. now I can feel a turn trying to be made. Cause that was like the first every other time, like it didn't matter. It was like, dude, we we rent their arena. Like, right. you know, so yeah. they jerseys up there. We ain't got one jersey. I, I at thought all. it was crazy he did it, but I mean it made sense that was to hard, make it feel like it's like yeah. ours to the too, person you know? that yeah. literally played under yeah. that guys and we played in there, like to see <laughs> that. I was like, oh, like I was jersey. like, yo, yeah. Like, this is, they doing something, they trying to do something different. Right. Like, I knew then that at least some type of effort was being made to make some type of change with yeah. that. And that, you right. That, that was all Doc. And they was like, they were scared to do it, but Doc was like, no, that's what we doing. Like, I don't On know our what night people think. Be, yeah. yeah. Right. And so, I mean, it was dope. That was the correct thing to do. Yeah. Definitely, us Clippers fans, the correct <laughs> thing to do. Tell me this, with, with, with you coaching Kawhi and PG, those is kind of like some guys that's been on the record. Those, like, Kobe was that guy. Like, can you see... His imprints on them when you when you watching them on a day to day. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just work ethic alone. But you know, Kawhi, you know, all the time he's just asking me about Kobe and Jordan, like what they do, how they do this, you know, right. what they, like all the time. And then when B. Shaw got there, it was over. Then he, he <laughs> asking like, what, how Kobe, you know, like so they want to know, they want to learn, and like they want to be great. And so when you have guys on your team like that, like you said, it's it makes my job a lot easier. But like they want to be great, and so. Kawhi, he's constantly asking about Jordan and Kobe, like all the, all the time. You know, just picking my brain, and you know, that's what it's all about. You know, you got to pass that knowledge down. Move that started a movement. You're not the first person to do it, become a player, then a coach. But to see uh, guys having success from being players to coaches, and which I always feel like it's to always be players and coach. You know the game a little bit more because right. you didn't experience it. But to to be a part of groups like that and win championships on both ends, how is it for you to just to be part of a group that can come from being a player and have some success as being a coach too? It's, it's an honor, you know. And, and then, you know, the biggest thing for me, because when you're young in the park, you go in the countdown, three, two, one, mm-hmm. you go to shoot a shot. You ain't saying, oh, I coached the guy to shot the shot. I'm shooting the shot. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? So... It's different. Like, I'd rather be a player any time of the week than being a coach. But what the coaching has taught me is, like, you can help younger people out. You can help, you know, people get to a point they've never been to. And so that's what I take pride in. And so having JR, you know, from New York, they, like, they didn't want him. And we bring him to make him a champion. And he mm-hmm. was a big part of what we did. And Channing Fry, you know, yep. his career, get him, to, you know, the things he's done. Reggie Jackson, you know, they didn't want him in Detroit, but bringing him in. Nick Batum, they didn't want him in Charlotte. Like, so that's the enjoyment I get out of, you know, all of it. But to be a player and a coach to win a championship, like, it's definitely an honor. And to be a better coach than I was as a player, you know, that means a lot, especially when I didn't want, I didn't think I was ever going to be a coach, you know. Yeah. So it means a lot. You run a, a hell of an organization. 
you know, the players look up to you. You got great players, Kawhi and PG, like they look to you for for guidance. And, mm-hmm. you know, LeBron, you know, great as he was, like look to me for guidance. And so um, that means a lot, especially, you know, me and Bron being close in age, me and Richard Jefferson being close in age, and yeah. they still look to me, you know, when it's time to make those, you know, big decisions. Do you feel like those, like being a player for so long and being in those different environments with a Kobe, Shaq, MJ, T, man, all those different players you play with, yeah, do you feel like that's what makes you be able to relate and be able to coach the guys that you're able to coach the way you are because you've been in those same similar seats, even though you weren't like, like you say, the super uber star or whatever, but like you've been right there and you've been in the foxhole and championship scenarios. So you can you can lean on the knowledge that you gain from watching and, and experiencing those different things to give to a LeBron or, or whoever, or yeah. a PG or a Kawhi now. No doubt. I mean, and it really came from Brian Shaw. Like, when I first got to, you know, to the Lakers, he wasn't there the first year, but that second year, like, he just always taught me, like, tell the truth. Like, if I tell you the truth, like, D-Miles, was a bad shot. You might be mad, cuss me out, but tomorrow you're like, you know what? You were right. If you were real, you're yeah, like, you know what? Right. You're yeah. right. And so, like, just hearing how he called out Kobe and Shaq, or Shaq come at man, like, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, you did it. Like, oh, he'll cuss you out, whatever. <laughs> if you're real with yourself, you understand that. And so, B-Shaw taught me a long time ago, so... When I started coaching, you know, or if I was with MJ or T-Mac or whatever, like, I'm just going to tell the truth. Whether mm. you like it or not, you know, that's on you. Mm. And that's, so that's helped me in my coaching career. Like, you taking bad shots or you, you, what I can't, BS and whatever, like, I'm going to tell you. You know what I'm saying? And that's what kind of makes me stand out from a lot of other different people because I'm just going to tell you the truth, like, whether you like it or not. What do uh, Doc Rivers mean to you and in, in your career and just the relationship you have with him? It means everything. Like, without Doc, I wouldn't be here. And so... For him to see something in me in 2003 that I didn't see in myself, like, that just means a lot. You know, just sounds good. I could be a great coach, and um, I got a lot of work to do, you know, but he gave me that platform to get there. And so, like, everything I did when I first took over was Doc Rivers driven. Like, everything. Like, man, Doc, how'd you do this? Like, and so I used to go, when I was coaching uh, with him in Boston and with the Clippers, I used to go, like, watch his press conference. Like, like say we had a a bad game or it was some turmoil or something bad happened. Like, I want to go see how he handled it. Like, mm. I'm going to stand in the back of the room just seeing, like, how Doc addressed it, how he handled it. You know, the whole Donald Sterling thing. Like, what's, how is he going to speak about it? How is he going to talk about it? Like, what's going to happen? And so, like, I just learned so much from him. Like, everything I do, like, you know, was Doc Rivers driven. Now I've kind of been around the game for enough time where I can start putting my own imprint on certain things and do some stuff different. But, like, a lot of stuff I do is, like, you know, it comes from Doc, you know, so... I just appreciate everything he's done for me because without him, I wouldn't be here. One coach have to be your head coach, one coach have to be your assistant coach, and the other coach you have to get rid of. Pat Riley, Don Nelson, Greg Popovich. Head coach would be Pop. Okay. Assistant coach would be uh, Don Nelson, probably. Ooh. And I love Pat Riley. I don't want to go That was a curveball right there. That was a curveball right there. I'm just saying, I don't want to get on line of 117s all the time. I don't want to. Maybe because I'm 44 right now. So if I was 20, it'd be different. But no, nah, but Pat Riley, come on, man. Like, you know, he's one of the greatest, but, you know, he's going to work you to death, you know? Yeah. So me being 44 and being out of shape, I don't want no part of that. Yeah. But like, if you got to go as far as history, like, just, as the history of the game, of course, it's going to be Pop and Pat Riley and then Don Nelson be the one you got to exclude, you know. Yeah. But, you know, Don Nelson was a, was a great coach. And he, yeah. one thing about Don Nelson, he wasn't he wasn't afraid to try anything. Like, yeah. he didn't care. Like, yeah, that's he'd why try, I mentioned him. Yeah, he'll try he, anything. He's, one he's got of my over a thousand coaches. wins, one of the, yeah, most, most wins in NBA history as a coach. And, 
Like he he was great. Like he wasn't afraid. Of, you know, he he started small ball stuff and like he didn't care. Like so, but I would say I would say, uh, damn, Pop and Pat Riley. <laughs> damn, D Miles. <laughs> I would say Pop because I like he's gave me a lot of knowledge. Like I learned a lot from him. I talked to him a lot. So I would say Pop. And then I would say um, Pat Riley's an assistant. Then I would exclude uh, Don Nelson. Since he trying to get folks in trouble now. <laughs> I mean, since that's, I mean, that, I, I, I'm, I'm jumping the boat with you. Don't say Kobe Jordan and Bron. That's what I'm no. about to do. I'm about to go right there. <laughs> I'm about to go straight like that. Start, bench, cut. None. No. Jeff, Michael Jeffrey <laughs> Jordan, Kobe Bean Bryant, King James. No answer. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> No answer. No answer, Q. <laughs> straight up. Straight that's up. the ultimate start bench cut oh, ever right man. there. Nobody can. And only, by, like, only person like, can tell. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Look, I want, you can't even throw. Look, he got T-Mac. He didn't play with Yeah, Shaq. Like, I can't. Like, that's, the, that's the alternate. The main one is that's the that's the Marvel Avengers. The, the LeBron, <laughs> man. The, uh, Kobe, and MJ. God dang. Funny question. Have you ever had to sign the photo of you and AI when AI started? Yeah, yeah, I have, and I enjoy it. I don't have a problem with it. <laughs> Look, man, like, like yeah, I'm, I'm a real one, so it don't matter to me. Like, you guarding one of the most feared guys in NBA history, like, yeah, yeah stuff's going I mean, the crazy part about it, it's not like he crossed me over, I fell down. Right, right. He, like, I contested a shot, yeah. I fell, he stepped over me, but like. You, win a, you won the chip, so yeah, you all, Yeah, but like, they always it. like, oh, he's, that's the guy AI stepped over. Man, I don't care. Like, AI's my guy, like, one of the most feared guys ever. But like, you know, they, they talk about it all the time. But like, it's crazy because I idolized him. Like, yeah. I looked up to him. Right, like, yeah. come on, man, from the hood. Like, you yeah, know. AI. Yeah, he was jury, us too. Yeah. chains, braids. <laughs> he like, was us too. I idolized him. So I like, it wasn't no big deal to I me. I love yeah. that you, you know, like you, to speak on what you're saying, like you wasn't tripping. You did the TikTok commercial where it's like, y'all kicking it today. <laughs> and, and he invited me to the, he, he the one that got me that part. That's like, dope. yeah, he's like, yeah. man, I want T. Little to do it. Oh, you know, he always say you as guy. Yeah, that's my guy, man, for sure. So how do you keep your rings? Do you you keep your rings like they put up? Do you put your rings on? Nah, I don't nah. never really see you have them on or nothing like that. So what what where are the rings at? Like you uh, got some special rings. You got a three P. You got a smart <laughs> man. Yeah, man, like yeah, ain't the safety deposit box. I never I never wear them, but I always go back and look at them. It's sort of summertime when I go back home, then I get them out. I have them on display in the house or whatever. But I never wear them. But like I said, that is an honor, man. And to win three championships, like, come on, man. Like, come where I come from and have a chance to do that, man. It's like, dream come true. Speaking of where you, you come from a small town, Mexico, Missouri, <laughs> you know, but uh, when you get, you know, we all come from humble beginnings, man. But I don't want to hear about you buying mama a house or nothing. Like, I want to know when you got that bad. What did T. Lou do for himself? T. Lou. Then now that the grown T. Lou looked back like, boy, you was tripping. But, like, when you <laughs> got it, like, you know, we got big-ass chains. Right, had yeah. everything except our Social Security. You know, we had everything on that joint. Right. But what did you do? Because you was right around. You was yeah. right in that culture. Where well, we I had it. Yeah, for I sure. Yeah. Style, yeah. yeah, I remember you having medallions and yeah. things, braids and things. Like, don't get it twisted, everybody. Right. He was with us, too. Right up. Baggy jerseys. Jerseys and baggy oh, yeah. sweatsuits with the with the, so what did yeah. what did T Lou do when he got that bag? You felt like okay, I'm about to do right. this one time. Excluding mom and grandma. Yeah, um, excluding that because everybody, you know, that's that's rent, that's standard. I got a chain with the uh, diamond boxing gloves on it. I okay. had like, yeah, and then I got a navigator. 
Mm. Navigator on the 20s. Uh, <laughs> on them maybe, maybe might be on Deuce Deuces. I'm not, I ain't sure. <laughs> 310 Motor. 310 Motor. He got the LA player uh, starters package. Yeah. You feel me? <laughs> <laughs> got the nice yeah. chain in the truck. Did up by 310. You know what's yeah. Hey, look, we was bootlegged though. We went to, what was it, Allen Edge Auto Sound? Yeah. Was it Allen Edge? Was I think it was Allen Edge. LA. Nah, I never heard of them. Missouri. Nah, he, you wouldn't. Oh, okay. You, <laughs> you should. Nah, <laughs> nah he did. Look, man, they like was right that. there in the marina. We went right yeah, across from home. Yeah, but they home. weren't doing... Like yeah, that's why y'all was doing, you know, y'all was, you know, we was being a little more frugal. You yeah. Know? yeah. We, 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 went, I mean, we still had the same thing y'all had. We had the flip out jump, the yeah. flip out. We had Doug. I, we came, had... I came out of the club and Roddy Rogers and uh, Chris Mills had grabbed me and they showed me Roddy Rogers' truck and see me like, dang, like, where y'all get that from? He's like, man, 310. That's why I met yeah. Mark and Darnell. He's like, man, they did this. I was like, oh, I got to get one of these. Hey, so. man, man, we used to have the, the Escalades on them gold Ds. Oh, yeah. We had the gold Ds. Yeah, I had yeah. chrome. I had all the old schools and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. That boy hey. really was doing hydraulics. Had yeah. Joint. I said, then when he drove that to the game, I saw, oh, yeah, you didn't really lost it. Country, man. We country. Look, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't got right. Tupac out out here. So to play with you, if you had to pick four players, four players, whether you play with them or whether you coach them, who would be them four players you would pick? Give him five or he coach. No, he playing. Because I'm, I'm one of them? Yeah, you one of them. So you need four uh, players. Shaq, LeBron, Jordan, Kobe. Coytons. Coytons. Line up. You hear me? Coytons. You don't got to do nothing. You just showing right. up. Yeah, just showing up. I ain't got to do nothing. Man, anybody you pass to is going to be a buck. Right. <laughs> Tell me how did it feel after, you know, like you say, you come from a small town and you 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 came a long way. How do it feel to get a, a street in your city named after you? Man. Like out of all of your accomplishments, because you know, we all strive to get a championship or to make the NBA, but like, right. don't nobody start out like, I want to get a street named after me. Like how, like that's some next level, you know, yeah. achievement. It is, and you know, like, it's not even about me, it's about my friends and family, the people around me to put mm. me in this position to, to get that. And so like- The family name on Yeah, that. like that's my family name. And so it's just crazy. Like my boy Damon and my boy J-Roll and Stays Dog and Conrad, mm. like Fifth, my brother Michael, they always just said like, like it's gonna be your town. Like you're gonna get to have whatever you want, like you're gonna have it. And so like just seeing it in the day we did it, like, you know, my mom, she's crying, my grandma's crying, I'm crying, like just to see like, you meant so much to a small town and a small mm -hmm. city that you uh, left the imprint on that that's positive. And it's not a lot of positive going on down there. So, you know, every time we win, every time I get a chance to give a shout out, you know, I'm mm -hmm. always saying yeah. Mexico because <laughs> like they need, like we need that, like they need it. And so um, it's instilled in me every single day, man. And so like my cousin Doodle always talked about like, man, you're going to be a star coach. I'm telling you one. I was like, man, you crazy. Like, <laughs> I'm telling you, you're going to be a star coach. I'm like, no, but like, just a lot of support, like for my family, man. Just you know, all my friends, and to put, to get me to the point where I'm at today, it's it's all love. We we always talk about the hoop sessions we used to have during the summer times in Chicago, down there <laughs> hoops. At, at hoops. But one summer I went, I came to Vegas, and mm -hmm. the guys was just speak about some of them them great hoop sessions. With the impact, of, impact, impact, yeah. yeah. Some yeah, of the guys that used to come through and them games y'all used to have and. You know, guys that used to grind and just get it in and get some of that good work. Man, it was it was crazy. It was KG, J.O., um, Baron Davis, you know, Chauncey, oh, Kyle yeah. Larry, Paul Pierce, like I mean, Antoine Walker, like oh, Walker. you know, he used to come out all yeah. the time. Matt Barnes, Stack Jack, like it was 
it was crazy. And, you know, Joe Abunazar started it. Um, we started off in um, Bloomington, Indiana. Like, we was there for like a year, year and a half, getting ready for the draft. Then we took it to Sarasota. And like a lot of guys used to come to Sarasota, Florida. Yeah, and, then, I remember that. and then we went to Vegas, like, then it just took off. It just blew up. Oh, yeah. And like Tayshawn, Jared. I was Dudley, just about to say, like, Tayshawn used yeah. to be there. And so he lived like, in Sarasota for yeah, a minute. Yeah. yeah. So like it was, it was unbelievable. Just the runs. Like, and so, you know, coming to the league and being like a role player my whole career, like you couldn't, I couldn't wait to get to the summer. So I was man, <laughs> Me I'm too. No coach out yeah, here. No, Me yeah. too. Look, that, yeah. was our, that was our time to prove okay, to the whole league. Here. Like, no, nah, yeah. we wanted them too, right. though. Like, like, yeah, yeah, no, nah, like it ain't, it ain't that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I averaged 23 in college. Like, you Straight know, up. so I'm a like, bucket. Yeah, but like, it, man, it was like just so much love for the game. For real, D-Miles, like, just, I couldn't wait to get up to yeah. play hoops the next day. Like yeah. that's what you live for. Like, that was that was that was that, that was like our generation. That was yeah. really what we thrived on. Cause it was together. no matter where you were, that was Same what it was. And, and when you yeah. talk to people, you trying to find out what what, what y'all who yeah, what are you hooping at? And then right. Nick dudes to take trips yeah. and go out there and kick it for a week and get it in and, and like yeah. piss up, like for real. Because Jared Deli, like he that's when Twitter first started. So we called him the Twitter man. So like he like today, J-O and BD killed it. Like so it was like it was fun. Like we wanted to be there. Like I couldn't sleep. I swear to God on my life, I couldn't sleep at night ready to, for the bump the next day. Yeah, the like, bump the next day. Man, it's the game. Like, you know what I'm saying? And it's the love for the game. And that's everything to me. But Vegas, man, was that was something to live for, bro. You, you knowing Chauncey, knowing his basketball mind, how committed he is to this basketball, to see him finally get the opportunity to coach and, and you know, to be a coach in this league, to really get his foot in there, to see how it really is. That's his fault. He could have been a coach three years ago. <laughs> I've been trying to get him to coach for like, since I was in Cleveland, but he yeah. wanted to do the front office thing. So, yeah. you know, we gave him time. I'm like, Chance, man, you'd be a great coach. And he's like, man, I don't know. I don't know. And then last year, bring him on my staff with the Clippers. Yeah. And then like, he said, got a job in one year. Yeah. Like, he's done a great job and they got a lot of injuries and stuff, but like, he's done a great job. He loves it too. He's going to be yeah. great. He's going to be see great. see him getting that opportunity. Yeah. He's proud of. Yeah, for sure. Like, and he could have been doing it. Like, but he really loves it, you know? So, so that's good for him. When I walk in the Lakers practice facility or the Celtics practice facility or even the Celtics arena, you kind of like feel the history. Do, was it the same for you? Like when you, like I know you played for the Lakers and you come in, but then like you coaching for the Celtics and you see these old banners, they still got stains. Right. <laughs> right. Stains, yeah. the stains look black and white on, yeah. on the banners, but you, you, you kind of feel this different yeah. type of history. Like, was it the same for you? Yeah, I mean, you feel it. I mean, the Staples Center, like I said, we won, what, we won five championships in the Staples Center of the Lakers, but, like, I got that feel from the forum. Like, when yeah. I walked into the forum, like, I played there my first year, yeah. my rookie year, like, Magic, Kareem, Worthy, like, all the greats, like, you know, Jerry West, like, it was all right here. So, like, mm -hmm. when you walk into that arena, like, if you feel it. I swear you feel it. Mm -hmm. And um, that's the same way with, like, the, you know, the Boston Garden, the old Boston Garden, yeah. you know, yeah. was the same way. But, like, with this, you know, crypto was it crypto.com, <laughs> yeah. not Stable Center. Yeah. And, like, even with the new arena, you know, in Boston, like, you feel it. Like, when you look up into the Raptors and you're seeing all the greats, Will Chambers and, you know, Jerry West and, you know, you got Larry Bird and all, like, it's just, like, the two winningest franchises. Like, yeah. you can't get no better than that. With you, with you being part of that transition, your first year was in the forum. You played with the Lakers in the forum, and then you got to see this new shiny little thing, you know, well, not little, this big thing, Staples Center, and what happened after that. Are you excited with you guys, you know, with the Clippers and, and what Balmer is doing with the new stadium in Inglewood and you getting to go in there and open that up? Man, so excited. Like, to have our own identity, 
you know, kind of remove ourselves from, you know, from the stable center yeah. and I mean, which has been great to us, but like to have your own arena, yeah. you know, have your own identity, you know, your fans come to your games, yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's huge. And Mr. Bomber, you know, when he took over, uh, that was the first thing he said, we got to get our own arena. And so to do that, like I said, but the biggest thing with the arena is just to, the money he's putting back into the Inglewood community, you know, that's huge, you know, for our culture and just for everything that we do, you know, to try to better our communities and, you know, Bombers done that times a hundred, you know what I'm saying? And so um, that's that's just huge for the city of Inglewood. Correct me if I'm wrong. He he did this out of pocket, right? He out didn't go to the state and the city and make no. them do all their fun. He just came like up out of the wallet. Yeah, was, I'm about like, he bought the forum for four hundred million, and then he that went. was that was light. That was yeah. light. <laughs> he came through like hey, my man, man, my man, man Bomb. Yeah. 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 We tight like that. My man Bomb. We tight like that. That was light. That was light. And Ramon though, we love to give everybody we have on here our flowers, but. For me, Andy, we we've been talking about this prior to you coming on the show. Like, we gotta give our love to you know you a peer of ours, you a African American brother that's doing something that's not easy to do that we don't get a lot of opportunities to do. And I feel like you put yourself in position to where you are one of the best coaches in the NBA. Period. You know what I'm saying? Right. What you Thank you know you. what I'm saying? What you doing with the talent you got? Regardless of who's in and out, like we spoke about, you guys show up. Y'all got an identity, and we know from being in the NBA that's not always the case, especially right. when you got you know crutches to lean on, like oh PG Kawhi out. Y'all right. still show up. Y'all still compete. You did what you did as an assistant. You earned your keep, and you know what I'm saying. You provide future guys like myself, yourself, D-Miles, and guys doing it right now, like you said, Rondo, you provide that opportunity and you provide positive feedback like this works. You, right. know, how, you know how it is in this industry. It only works when they see it works. Right. You, know, you, you, you are one of the people that's keeping that door kicked open and allowing other dudes to come behind you. So I just want that to be put out there because it's like, whatever, you win a championship, they could try and say, oh, it was LeBron. Nah, my man didn't put down a lot of work you to show it, like is that he's he's learned his learned what you've learned. You put your time in on the dock, and now you've taken it to your own level. And you got your own identity. And you stand on your own as a great coach in this league. And us being some guys that you know we grew up together in the league. Right. We was a couple years behind you, but we still was running the same paths, and right, the same sure. streets. And it's like it's dope for us to sit back and see you have the success you have, and you translate the way you have, and you. Stay clean and you ain't got no foolishness and you represented our community in the right way. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? We got to show no, love to that. that. You a champion. Sure. You one of the best coaches and you done did that. Thank you. I appreciate it. Man, it's been dope, man. We definitely want to show love and appreciation for you coming through, taking your time on your off day. We out of town on the secret private location. <laughs> we live on location. I'm going to tell y'all where, though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We got Hennessy rocking with us. You know, this is the VSOP, which is like privilege. It's very special. Also, we got them boys on the I back. I see it, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Moving look, on up. Look, I look, see look. it. Me and d came along. We got a special Hennessy bottle. Yeah, on that yak bottle, man. Nobody ever opened this. I'm keeping it right yeah, there on yeah. my show. We appreciate you pulling up on us, man. We got we got one of the best coaches in the world in the NBA, T. Lou, in the building, live on location via Mexico, Missouri. Straight up. All right, we want to thank y'all for your continued support of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give us two taps by writing a review and rating five stars wherever you get your podcast. And make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. You can also find all the episodes on the Players Tribune YouTube page. 
Follow us on social media at Knuckleheads Podcast and join our Knuckleheads Facebook group for exclusive content. Thanks again to all of our guests and fans. This wouldn't be possible without y'all. The Players Tribune.com.